All right, here it is. It is time for what is it we're doing? Let's get spiritual. <laughs> Let's get spiritual. Yes. Hey, we're sorry for taking a week off. Well, not really sorry for it. It's just unavoidable yes. that we take a week off. And uh, things got happening and things got done and we are back. And plus, you know, we, we run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it takes sometimes a week to come up with something to talk about. Um, I don't think that's It true. really does. Hey, we want to welcome all of our new listeners. Uh, some of you came out of, and I don't know how many of you listening now did that, but I did a podcast called Into the Fray, and uh, Brother T picked up a lot of new listeners Wonderful. from uh, being there. Were Shannon Legro, I want to appreciate her. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. We had a great time talking about my book Wicked Spirits, mm. and uh, kind of got into some of my other my other little things you know that I like to have on my desk and that sort of thing. <laughs> we talked about a few UFOs and Bigfoots and that sort of thing. Just right. had a fun time on that podcast and she let me know that it was very well received and from that we have gotten some more listeners so if you are one of those people welcome to let's get spiritual Fantastic. hope that you're enjoying it. yeah welcome so uh, yeah we went over well over now 3000 downloads with our podcast which that's awesome uh 3000 on the way to 3 million mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> Hey, now, my brother. I you a taco at 2,000. You were going to. No, I did, remember? That's right. We yeah, did go get yeah, What's the yeah. next goal? Well, at, I thought 3,000. I thought you were going to buy me something at Cracker Barrel. Did we get that in writing? No, we didn't. <laughs> so it probably ain't happening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it's fun. We, yeah. we enjoy this. It's a great way for uh, us to communicate with you guys, and particularly on some topics that I think maybe people, I hope people think about mm-hmm. on occasion, mm-hmm. like this one today. That, right. Um, how much is too much is really what I've entitled this. How much is too much? You could talk about moderation, that sort of thing, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I deal with, you deal with, everybody really deals with, who wants to live a decent life, right? right. Yeah. You, you, you want to live your life in moderation. And I guess, Tony, what what would that be? What How would you characterize moderation? I guess a simple uh, definition would be avoiding extremes. You know, that's what... That's what I would think of. Too much of a good thing is always not. It's not always. It's not healthy. always a good yeah. thing. Too much yeah, of a good I mean, thing is not a much, good thing. <laughs> too much <laughs> ice cream. Right. I love Rocky Road ice cream. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I love that. You know, but you can't have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, you could, you know? but it wouldn't be healthy. It would not be healthy. Now, I did have a, a, a lady who listens to our podcast, and I appreciate her. She she sent me a message and said. Uh, you know, you're going to talk about moderation. You're talking about ice cream, right? Ah, you know, that okay, was her. Okay. So that's the thing that she almost has to steer totally clear right, of because right. shows no self-restraint. Yes. And so my my definition of moderation is voluntary self-restraint, oh, which is that's pretty good. much what you said. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and that's really true. Now, ice cream would not be one of those things for me. I right. like ice cream, uh-huh. but, you know, I can get a couple scoops of ice cream every once in a while and mm. eat it and happy okay. as it can be. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Do you have any trouble driving down Brainerd Road? <laughs> when the lights flash? When the lights flash, yes. <laughs> that red light. <laughs> oh, I hate to throw my wife under the bus, but that's her oh, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. do love them, but I yeah. mean, it's it's obsessive yeah. for my wife. Well, I, just, I am glad there's not one on this side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> they melt in your mouth. Shout out to my wife. She's yeah. lost almost 40 pounds. That's Amazing. incredible. She is awesome and doing a great job wow. about it and yeah. continue to lose a few more pounds. She's fine where she is, but she's got a goal that she's yeah. heading toward, and that's pretty amazing. Right. And really, probably what she's had to do mm-hmm. is kind of what we're talking about yeah. today. Well, those are that are listening that are not in Chattanooga, 
We're talking about Krispy Kreme donuts. Just wanted to clear that up. Yes. KK. Yeah. Simple glazed uh, donuts, brother. I've eaten them all, but yes. it's hard to beat those melt-in-your-mouth yes, well, rings of happiness. Right. Oh, oh, rings of happiness. <laughs> rings of I happiness. Like I, I remember uh, buying Krispy Kremes. They were the way that we raised money at school, yes. in elementary school. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. y'all did that or not. But, you know, you'd sell them to your family, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So they'd give them to you, and then you had to ride the bus home. <laughs> and so I like have 12 boxes of these things. And then, you know, they're much lighter if you ate a few of them before you got back to the house. So That's it's, good. it's like a three-block walk yeah. back to the house. I could easily eat a half a box in those three blocks. Easy, man. Easy, yeah, man. Easy. That's and uh, so that was our family's, yeah. you know, that was the home thing. Right. But, but they were like 50 cents a box, yeah. something back yeah, then. Wow. And now they're like a dollar fifty a piece uh, yes. or something. They're, they're, they're on up there. But you know you could charge $10 and people would buy it. It's worth it. It is. It's worth it. Self-indulgence. So avoiding extreme. Dreams. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, people who are accustomed to reading uh, Bibles that are based upon the Textus Receptus or that the King James or New King James Bible right. that sort of thing would most often translate that word as temperance. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about that, because there was the temperance movement, uh, tend to only relate that to alcohol. And while that certainly is not off the table as a topic, that's not exactly what I meant to talk about when it comes here. Because, and, and here's an interesting thing that I studied. Just because I saw that, that okay, that's the same word. Mm-hmm. There was the temperance movement. Do you know the temperance movement started against the abuse of alcohol and pushed drinking in moderation? Right. But once the movement got started, the more extreme elements of it took over and moved toward total avoidance mm-hmm. of alcohol, even the elimination and making it illegal. And it occurred for a very short while it was illegal. About 13 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. then after that, you know, the speakeasies, right. pretty much where people went. And, yes. you know, it, yeah. you paid people off and people ended up making their own moonshine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it, it really developed a new industry, didn't it? The it moonshine did. industry, yeah. which was strong around where we live right <laughs> <laughs> not uncommon yeah, to have some moonshiners in our community that's very true so yeah that was the to me that that's the telltale part of that is however moderation is hard to achieve yes yeah. even when they were moving toward moderation they mm-hmm. continued to own the pendulum and went to total avoidance mm. so i think that's a part of what uh, that, that next statement and you attributed to someone perhaps i didn't know it was attributed to anyone other than one of those things that people say, moderation in all things, including moderation. Right. My study on that, Oscar Wilde, I think, is the first one that said it. Which is interesting. And, uh, he was not moderate whatsoever. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, he had a wild lifestyle. Yes, yes. And yeah. uh, I, wonder, I wonder in what context he said something like that. I have no earthly idea. That's true. It's probably very negative. Yeah. What say <laughs> anyway. But what would you think that, that that saying mean? Moderation in all things, including moderation. I think that when you look at that statement, uh, the first part of it we understand. We've talked about it a little bit. The second part, you can even get extreme in moderation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I believe that if it was Oscar Wilde, I believe that's what uh, he was talking about. That when you think of it, you can get extreme even in that. You know, old Mark Twain said, "I smoke in moderation, only one cigar at a time." <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, but you can you can get extreme in moderation. What do you what do you think it was talking? Yeah, about I, there? I I think maybe that's what he's saying as well. That yeah. one can go overboard and become excessive even promoting moderation 
Uh, and, you know, there are watchdogs over everything. Mm. You know, you can eat two and a half donuts, but you can't eat three. Right. You can have two cups of coffee, but you can't have three. Top. There, there are people who become religiously zealous, mm. even about moderation, which is supposed to be the guard against becoming zealous, but you can become zealous. Then I thought, I don't know if he was referring to this either, but I think this is a, a, a point, that one, you can actually wrongly apply moderation by saying, I only do drugs in moderation. Uh, I only, you know, abuse this or that in moderation. Mm-hmm. Where you can actually take a sinful, harmful, or illegal thing and mm-hmm. say, it's okay, I only do it occasionally. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right? Like Jack the Ripper or something. I don't, you know, I don't kill every night type thing. <laughs> so I think that you can actually, if you just want to go toward the moderation thing, of course yeah. that was an extreme. Right. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, just say someone does cocaine or, right. or, or does meth or something uh-huh. like that. Say, you know, it's not a problem for me. I only do it in moderation. Mm-hmm. I think that you could wrongly apply that to illegal or harmful things to you or your family. That's, that's true. And to be honest... We all know that uh, it's very difficult to just stay in moderation with with things. Yes, you know, um, in in life, it's just difficult to stay there. Uh, I think often about when I was young, going to Lake Winnipesoka. You know, we Lake Winnie, Lake Winnie. You know, yeah. the Mad Mouse. You remember the Mad Mouse? I do Mouse remember the Mad the Mouse. Cannonball. Yes. You know, and I never and, rode the Cannonball. Did you it not? Oh, it's scary. Yeah. Scary. Wooden. You know, just rickety. Oh, what for people don't know, it's an old yeah. wooden yeah. roller coaster made a big loop with a big drop. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And then I went to Six Flags. And I don't know, the cannonball just didn't do it for me. You had the scream machine. Yes, sir. You know, and all of those other things. Yes. And and, uh, so it it Then you go to Disney World and go to Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, son. And and then the things at Six Flags don't do it for you anymore. That's very true. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, you kind of, a little little taste of this, a little taste of that, Mm -hmm. and before you know it, you're beyond center. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I... I think the moderation is something, personally, that I think that we should strive for. Mm-hmm. But you can actually become obsessive and exaggerate mm-hmm. even in moderation. The scripture says be moderate in all things. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. Yeah. And the Lord's near. And all things. So, so all what does things. that exclude? Yeah. The <laughs> it excludes nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's our life. That's right. right. Exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's We tend to, though, I think our sinful natures, our physical natures, just want to go from one extreme to the other. Yes. Um, what this is a question that I, that I deal with, and and probably everyone who's listening to us deal with, are some things when you talk about moderation, even the action of some things, are some things okay for some people, but they aren't okay for other people, even in moderation. You know, this is a this is an incredible subject, really. It, it's an it's an incredible subject that is uh, pretty deep. Yeah. And um, we know that Scripture says, of course, all things are lawful, uh, but all things do not edify. They're not right. helpful. They don't. They don't build us up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, and so when I look at this, Doc, I think of there are a lot of black and white things. I mean, when Scripture uh, gives us a truth, um, you know, there's no gray there. 
Um, but the Bible does not say, you know, don't eat a running weed eater. You know, right. It doesn't say that. Doesn't do it. No. Nope. So you have to use wisdom. Yeah. You have to use the wisdom that God's given you, and and so in this, I think in this subject right here, you have to just base everything and filter it through the wisdom that God gives you, uh, if it's not just laid out right in the Word of God. Yeah. I yeah I think that we, and I, I talk about the we in the West, you know, particularly in the United States right. and in a church environment that sort of thing for too long have looked at the Bible as an owner's manual, mm. all right? So if you've got this light that goes on on your dash, that's on page 393, yeah. right? It's under subsection D, you know, warning lights on dash, and then you look it up and you go, oh, this is what I do to fix it. Mm. The Bible is not that. There you go. It is not an owner's manual in that respect. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about itself. It talks about taking the whole counsel, mm-hmm. all of the Bible together. There's another place where it talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. So what people want to do is grab one little thing mm-hmm. and hang on to it and make it, you know, um, um, I mean, I have a life verse, but it's it's a broad category of a life mm-hmm. verse. It's Matthew 6.33, mm-hmm. uh, seeking the things of God first, and then everything else falls into place. Right. But it's not... You know, all things are lawful for me, not all things edify. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that. And so I think that um, we want to look to, and some people appreciate and are drawn to teachers and preachers, uh, prophets who will give you exact. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what you drink Kool Aid, right? <clears throat> right? Right. Leave, leave culture and come live with me in the jungle. Mm. Um, and, and people want to lose that personal responsibility mm-hmm. of using good wisdom, godly wisdom, yeah. and making decisions and want somebody else to make that decision for them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, then they become obsessive and excessive about the things they do and don't do. Yeah. Where I think the scripture, the Bible says that we are to be free and free indeed. Mm. Yeah. And, and we handcuff ourselves mm-hmm. because we're afraid of that personal responsibility making decisions for ourselves. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there there are people that just crave structure. Mm-hmm. And that's where there's some leaders, uh, I think they, they just uh, cater to that. They do. They know that. And so they push their structure, their man-made structure, mm-hmm. on them. And uh, and people just fall right in line. Man, you can watch a lot of documentaries of uh, just false teachers, false prophets. And I sit there amazed. I just sit there and think, you're kidding. Yeah. Someone doesn't just stand up and say, you're nuts. You're just, you know? what are you saying? Right. You know, and, and yet that structure... Uh, they just need it, yeah. you know. They just fall right in line, and uh, but uh, but it's not helpful, and it does not edify. Now, and the the wisdom that we have to take is personal responsibility. I was, you know, you referred to First Corinthians ten twenty three about all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Mm-hmm. The same author Paul wrote to the church at Rome, <clears throat> and it, this is Romans fourteen twenty. Listen, to that he said, "Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food." Mm. So let's take food. All things indeed are pure. Anything, anything that that you can eat, pure things that you can eat. But it's evil for the man who eats with offense. Mm. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made 
week. Right. He's talking about it there in the context of people who came out of paganism, mm-hmm. and they were they may have been delivered out of worshiping false idols, and they knew that a lot of the meat and things that were offered up to the idols were then brought back because idols are not going to eat. I hate to tell you this, mm. but it's not going to happen. So right. you're going to have all this. Right. Right. Uh, the commodity here mm-hmm. that you make some money from. Mm-hmm. So then you take that and sell it back to the meat market. Right. So you're going to have some meat that came directly to the meat market. You're going to have some that came back from the temple that was offered to idols. Mm-hmm. And when a person who is delivered out of that then goes, <gasps> yeah, I can't eat that because right. maybe it was mm-hmm. offered to an idol. Mm-hmm. And so what's the right thing to do then? Now all of a sudden it's personal responsibility again. Yeah. How important is it for me not to offend that person mm-hmm. just to not have my you know, New York strip tonight mm-hmm. type yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and that is, I mean, that's just a fine line there that, you know, we are in relationship with our brothers and sisters. Yeah. We, you know, we all through Scripture. Um, it, it talks about the brethren. I mean, in First Thessalonians, nineteen times, right. uh, Paul uses the term brethren. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he says he's a like a nursing mother and like a father, and so it's all relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we have to love each other, be careful. Uh, but yet, I think that's where you were talking earlier about that guilt situation, yeah. and and I think that can. Uh, Dr. D, uh, lead to a lot of legalism. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I went, my first year of Bible college, I went to a a seminary, uh, didn't last long. I got kicked out, as I've mentioned before, after that first year. And uh, and I realized I didn't want to go back anyway. Uh, because the legalism was just getting to me. Yes. Uh, I remember sitting in a chapel service one time, and they were about to say goodbye to us for Christmas. And we'll see you in, you know, three or four or five weeks. And, and they said, listen, if you grow a mustache and a beard, you are sinning against God. Woo! You know, And I just, I walked out there just shaking my head. And you're going, I think yeah. the scripture records the fact they plucked the beard exactly. from Jesus' face. That's what Isaiah said. You yes. know. Now, at that, I don't think I could have grown a beard anyway, but but I just didn't. Still can't. Can you? <laughs> I didn't appreciate it, you know. And and so you just have to be so careful about allowing other folks to push things on you. You really do. And see, I grew up in. Uh, if, if, for those people who uh, do not have a Baptist heritage, maybe maybe a non church or maybe more when the higher churches like Catholicism or maybe Lutheran or mm-hmm. Episcopal, something of that nature, you don't understand that there are churches that are even more legalistic than Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. And I right. grew up in one of those traditions. Yeah. And one of the things that you could not do was ever go to a movie, regardless yeah. of what it was rated. Back then there was no ratings anyway, but regardless of what the subject matter was hmm. about it. Um, and so I was taught that, man. I didn't go, when I was a kid, see Bambi. Uh, I couldn't go see The Sound of Music. Really? It was a movie. So you could not go to wow. a movie wow. house. It was uh-huh. sinful. since straight to hell. Yeah. And so uh, I uh, I became a follower of Christ in my teenage years with all that baggage behind me. And I mm-hmm. remember being in a local mall because I worked in that mall. And I saw my pastor mm-hmm. and his daughter walk into the movie theater. Uh. And I cannot tell you how that struck me. Uh. It was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. He's a sham. Yeah. You yes, know? Yes. He's a hypocrite. Right. Whereas he he never considered, and he was mm-hmm. some kid's movie, he's going in there with his daughter yes. to see this kid's movie. But I had been so um, laden down with the guilt mm-hmm. of doing anything that was fun. Right, right. Anything that was entertaining uh-huh. 
was besides reading your Bible or you know going mm-hmm. to youth camp or mm-hmm. whatever you could do that was church related yeah. was a bad bad thing, and so here's here's the thing about it is yes the Bible says that you should not do anything that cause your brother to stumble, uh, so you and I discussed this before the podcast began. If we if we did not eat anything mm-hmm. that might offend someone, we would starve. That's a great point. We would starve. That's a great point right there. So, yes. I mean, there's people who are against fried foods, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't eat fried foods. There are people against eating pork, so you mm-hmm. can't eat pork. Mm-hmm. People can't eat seafood, can't eat seafood. Yep. Gluten, can't do that. Right. Then anything that is... I mean, you start naming. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much go, I can't go to anywhere and mm-hmm. eat any. Maybe I can have water if it's purified. Right. Right? <laughs> you know, it, that's about uh, it. You right. could not survive. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm saying. Ultimately, it gets down to this, Brother T. You have to draw the line somewhere where yep. you're comfortable. Yes, yes. Let's say, this is a valid healthy line to draw. Mm-hmm. I can do this much, no more. I can engage in these activities, not others. And guess what? It gets right back to personal responsibility right. again. Now, I may draw the line, and I'm pretty sure I do draw the lines at different places than you draw sure. the uh-huh. line. Yeah. Because I have to do it where I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be handcuffed and lose that freedom that I received as a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. But neither do I want to offend someone. So uh, you have to make those decisions uh, that you can say, I can uh, I, I can feel comfortable about doing this. I can't feel comfortable about doing that. Again, yes, I agree. And, and those are, we're talking about things that are not specifically laid out in scripture, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I'm, I'm back to this. You went to movies before there were ratings. I don't remember that. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, really. I don't remember when the ratings came out, but there was there wasn't GPG, PG thirteen. No, oh no, no, huh. no. Back in the day, when the and the talkies when the talkies came along, yeah, and then when they colorized them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would often be invited by my Baptist friends uh-huh. to go see movies when I was a kid because majority of my friends were you know the big church in town was always the first Baptist church yeah. and yeah. was the people I went. Only I had a handful of friends at the in the Pentecostal church that mm-hmm. I belonged to. Uh, but they, their moms and dads would say, hey, why don't you go with us? And mm. we're going to go down and see uh, where the red fern grows yeah. or, yeah. you know, yeah. something like that. And go, right. oh, I'd love to, <laughs> but I can't, oh, you my. know, and, wow. and I yeah. dare not ask mom and dad for yeah. that sort of thing because yeah. that was, no, if my mom might have gone with it, dad would never Is that have right? gone for that. And, and I would have taken strict punishment mm. when I came home. And so... Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't even remember the first movie that I saw, but I, I'm sure I was probably 12, 14 years old. That's amazing. I, I didn't at know the that. movie theater. Now, yeah. we have Monday Night at the Movies on TV. Huh, yeah. You watch Monday Night at the Movies yeah. on TV. Yeah, that was okay. Because you weren't supporting Hollywood. You weren't right. going to a worldly place mm-hmm. where they sell mm-hmm. popcorn and Cokes and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And yeah. It was a it that's was a, it's a different lifestyle. Yeah. And so, to me, that's an unhealthy place to be. Mm-hmm. So... I don't restrict, I mean, nobody goes to movies hardly anymore anyway, right. but yeah. you know, I never thought badly about that, even as a pastor, mm-hmm. going to a place and seeing a movie. It, right. it, it wasn't right. something I, so I, I changed, right? I changed the line in the sand mm-hmm. greatly from the time when I was a teenager mm-hmm. to the time where I had some leadership responsibilities. Right, right. Yeah. Would you agree with me that healthy balance is the hardest thing for people to achieve? I would completely agree with you, and I'm, you know, you know me pretty well. 
And uh, this is one of the things, Doc, that I I deal with and have dealt with in ministry. Yes. Because we've talked about it. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, I love people. I love to hug. I I just love to chat and and stuff. And one of the hardest words for me to say is no. Yeah. Uh, And when you have trouble saying no, you have trouble with a healthy balance. Yes, you do. Now, you didn't really have that much trouble with no. I really uh, didn't. Right. I mean, I was I was taught that mm-hmm. early on by a mentor. Right. Um, and it tends to go along with my... It's not that I don't like to be liked. I certainly do. Right. And I I, I like to be needed. I think mm-hmm. maybe mine is more... I don't... You know, you know, I always told the staff, it's more important to be respected than liked. Yes. Right. And I want people to respect me for character. I want mm-hmm. work ethic, for being a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. I want all those things. But... But if I have to take a stand on something that you don't like, I'm yep. not going to change my stance. Right. So that you'll, because if I do that, I got to change it for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to remember what hat I'm wearing with whom. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough place to, to be. So I'm going to be yeah. myself right. wherever I am. And I never was driven so much by what you're talking about. So I didn't have a hard time saying, no, we're not as hard a time as, you know, sometimes it just doesn't even roll out of your. No, 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 no. It's, kind of, it's like a six-syllable word for you. <laughs> but I respect that from you. I right. mean, people, if I go to your church, they'll just tell me how much they love Brother T. Yeah. They just love Brother T. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to be at your church. I mean, mm-hmm. somewhere else. And if they know, you know, they say, oh, you're on that podcast, Brother T. Oh, we love Brother T. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Yeah. That, and that you yeah. have friends from all the churches that you've been right. to. Yeah. I've only been to churches, yeah. and I have never been invited back to my first church. <laughs> <laughs> No, sad. That is so sad. Yeah, Yeah. it is sad. But it's the truth, right? And and I guess you know. But that's the way it goes. Well, I mean, a pastor's job really is is never finished. You know, there's always one more visit to make. There's always one more call. You know, sermons Sundays come around like light poles. We do. They're one right after. That's exactly (laughs) driving too fast. And it's it's just hard to unplug. You know, I'm telling you, for years. I had a difficult time even taking vacations. I really did, you know. And I don't remember when it was, but thank God um, it was now pretty well back. Uh, But I started taking even a summer break, and we go to Panama City for 12 days. And and I tell you, just to unplug and and unwind has been a lifesaver. And then we'll go up, of course, to Gatlinburg and just unwind. And, uh, but for years I did not do that. Well, God taught us about the Sabbath. Yes. And God didn't rest on the seventh day because he got tired. No, that's true. It's a pattern that we are to follow, that we are to to offer up whatever one seventh is. Right. And and just relax and Mm -hmm. refresh. He taught that about the land. He talked Mm -hmm. about the nation, about, you know, everything and about you as an individual. And so particularly, again, I talk about the Western culture, but we are addicted to work and we are identified by the amount of work that we mm-hmm. do and the amount of money that we make because we work so hard and how yeah. we're rewarded. And it, it's a just a, leisure is not something that has been, at least in the past, it is more so today in the new culture, but yeah. in the past it was not, you were lazy if you took time off. Exactly. I mean, what, what what's your day like? Busy, busy, busy. Uh, and know. that was so respectful. So respectful. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah uh, you're a good yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Doc, when I used to 
well, when I began to fly, and they would say, listen, uh, in case of an emergency, the oxygen mask is going to fall, and you need to put it on you first. That offended me because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to take care of everybody else. That's exactly you know? right. That's uh, right. But then you realize, listen. I'm going to die saving <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> That's what you thought, right? That's exactly They're going right. to put a plaque yeah. for me on yeah. the ground where we yeah. hit. <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, I don't feel like that now. Yeah, you know? right. And so I would. I might put it on my wife first, but then me. You know? yeah. But uh, yeah. but you realize pretty quickly that you, you need to take care of yourself. You know, there needs to be goals and priorities in life, and and uh, you need to delegate. And one of the things that I've learned is you, you, you need to calendar time off. Yes. You know? And uh, because if you don't put it on a calendar, it's never going to happen. I agree. When I, uh, you know, when the, our church began only a handful of people and because I had been mentored I met with them and and the the search committee when they were going to offer me the position to be voted on at least be by the church uh, I said I said uh, I want Fridays off Mm -hmm. and I want you to know I'm gonna spend one night a week not at church I will be with my wife on a date right Right. And I was, I, I look back at now, that was pretty bold that, mm-hmm. you know, they're going, oh no, we want somebody 24 hours a day, seven days yeah. a week type thing. But I went on to explain to them, I have been taught, I didn't know it then because mm-hmm. I'd not been in that kind of environment. Uh, I've been taught that if I don't do those two things, I'll not be good for them or me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mess up my marriage and the right. church will be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So I met them with, and I, I held to that. Yeah. All those years, rarely would you find me working on a Friday. Right. I spent it with my family. I mm-hmm. played golf. I went fishing. Mm-hmm. I, I spent something outdoors, you know, doing something fun, riding a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. And then typically, back in those days, it was Thursday night. Mm-hmm. My wife and I would go somewhere to dinner. We'd go see a movie. We'd spend time together. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I would have to say no mm-hmm. to something to, to do that. Right. And it, right. that wasn't so much wisdom. The only wisdom I had then was listening to an older gentleman who had been through it. Mm-hmm. And Can said, I ask you a question? This is so important. I've often thought of this when we've talked about your mentor. Yeah. He he really did not pastor a large church. Never. Well, so, he had one in Washington, D.C. Okay, okay. That was a, uh, and this is what's fascinating. It was in the 60s. And it was a multiracial church. Okay, okay. When they said it couldn't be done. Ah, I know here in Chattanooga he did not. He did not. His so church was very small. what was it that attracted you to him listening listening to him? That, that's always intriguing. Yeah, me. he I'm was he him. was uh, uh, before I ever had a seminary degree. Yeah, uh, when I was just doing something, a Baptist student's called a seminary extension diploma, mm-hmm. and uh, he was one of my teachers, professors, whatever you want to call it. And I saw something different in him than everyone else that was doing the teaching. There was some deep wisdom hmm. in him that wasn't just surface level like a lot of guys were exhibiting. And I saw him do some hard things and got to know and began playing golf. I invited myself into his life. Oh. And he had another, at the time, they were older than I am today, and this was 30 years ago, right? Um, that they played golf. And so I kind of got into their twosome, and it became a threesome. Okay. And we'd play golf together. And I I learned at that time that he would listen. Mm-hmm. And he did what I appreciate now. I love speaking into other people's lives. Yes. And he did as well. And so I would call him up and say, how would you deal with this? How would you deal with this? And his answers would often surprise me because they seemed harsh at times mm-hmm. but I understand now what he was doing yeah he was yeah. teaching lessons for me and and I grew through that time of a church of very small to very large right 
because of a lot of things. This man who never had what I would consider a large church, he had someone of several hundred mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. but never had thousands of people, right, right. never was invited to speak at big conferences mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. But the man had, wow, what a relationship. When he died, he the Lord had already told him when he was going to die. Mm. It mm. didn't catch him off guard wow. when he died. Wow. And that was... He would sit and say, the Lord has told me, and I know I've got a short time. And, you know, a man pretty much in perfect, perfect health at the time right. for his age. Yeah. Uh, and he died. He died when God said he was going to die. That's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. That's a, I'm, I'm glad you shared that because I've often wondered that. Uh, I knew that he was one of your mentors, mm-hmm. and uh, but yet he didn't pastor really a large, large church like you. I related yeah. to him as well. Yeah. Uh, he had a rough life growing up. Yeah. He didn't get saved until he was an adult. I got saved when I was late in my teens, but we both had alcohol problems mm-hmm. and you know anger problems mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and and so I could relate to him as well. Yeah. So you yeah. know that that's one thing. You grew up, you know, without all that. Yeah. And and, and you and I are friends, but you know you can't relate to my upbringing. Mm-hmm. I can't really. Other than you grew up in a rough neighborhood, and so yeah. did I. Yeah. That yeah. type of thing. Right. Um, okay. I, that's, I love the subject. I don't know why. It's a very <laughs> fascinating subject to me. Here's How do we separate unhealthy guilt from conviction? Talking about that, bringing in moderation. Uh, how, do we, how do we deal with... Because I carried around a lot of unhealthy guilt mm-hmm. in my life that really brought me down and almost uh, condemned me mm. because of it. And because I looked at everyone else and nobody measured up and I didn't either. And I thought, it's like, throw up your hands, right? Just, right. And I did, like, literally threw up my hands and said, forget this. Mm. You know, I'm going to live the way I want to live and threw moderation to the, to just out the window right. and, and live the way I want to do. And it was horrible. And, and it, it didn't bring about happiness. It brought about a lot of sorrow. It brought a lot, you know, it just, it wasn't good. But it was, it was not real guilt. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Was, it was unhealthy guilt. But then... I don't discount the fact that there is real conviction sure. against doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, including myself at times, had a hard time determining what's the difference between unhealthy guilt and, and good conviction. You know, when I look at that, man, I think of the Pharisees. You know, I think it was Christ that said, you know, they, they tell you to do stuff that they're not even going to do themselves. And, um, and, and that's where guilt can come from. Uh, mm-hmm. People that just uh, they lay down the line, but like mm-hmm. you were talking about that pastor, yeah. you know, uh, you saw uh, the pastor and his daughter, I think, walking into a movie, yeah. and uh, he had laid down so much guilt about that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think just the older we get and the closer we get to King Jesus, uh, we realize that that could happen, and and you just watch and and you try to plug in more wisdom. Uh, discernment in your life and just not allow people uh, to put you on a guilt trips, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I've, I've packed for a lot of guilt trips in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and like you said a moment ago, they're not fun. No. And, um, but, but there are, as you said a moment ago, true convictions. And, uh, and of course, as we've talked numerous times, the word of God and and we line our lives up with the word as believers, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but we don't have to uh, allow people to push things into our lives um, that really don't need to be there. It's what they think, right. you know, right? And um, and they try to lay that guilt on you. Yeah, yeah. I 
I, I totally track everything that you're saying there and that that maybe maybe a way to put it is unhealthy guilt is man centered and yes. conviction is God centered. That's good. Yeah. You know? That's a very succinct way to put that. That that, that we get these guilt trips laid on us sometimes mm-hmm. and we carry them and we travel a long way, as you said, with them and, and prepare a long time to go on those long guilt trips. Right, right. Uh, because of what other people expect out of us, not what God expects out of us. Mm. And uh, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's exactly right. And people yeah. want to condemn us for our actions and what we're doing when mm-hmm. we have to accept that personal responsibility to do what's right. Um, I also kind of know, I've learned this through just unfortunate experience, that mm-hmm. if I'm abusing moderation or I'm, I'm engaging in an activity that God is not pleased with, that's harmful, not helpful, mm-hmm. as Paul would say earlier, um, that there are physical, mental, spiritual consequences mm. to abusing things that I shouldn't. Right. right. Yeah. There, there's this. There's this. Uh, if you drink too much, there's a re- your body reacts to that. Mm-hmm. If you work too mm. much, mm. your body reacts to that. Right. Listen to this now, and this happened to me. In our profession, we can be at church too much. Mm-hmm. And it affects us spiritually. Yes, yes. There is this natural reaction that occurs when we abuse a freedom we have in Christ and turn something that should have been good and beneficial into something uh, you know that should edify. But now it tears down rather yeah. than builds up. Right. And if you're willing to identify that, suddenly you can go, oh, that's not just somebody's guilt laid on me. That's a conviction. I've, God has a this mechanism in my life to mm-hmm. identify when these things I've gone too far in one direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've told this story before, but <laughs> I, I never will forget when um, we were heading to Florida when my oldest son was probably five or six years old. And, uh, one, you know, just a vacation. Like I said, we rarely took them. And it was back in the day of a beeper. You know, didn't have yeah. a cell phone, had a beeper. Yeah. And we were just leaving town, and my beeper went off. And I went to, get this, a payphone. We have to describe to our younger yeah payphone yeah it's a booth pay that you walk in <laughs> exactly <to>. Superman not <laughs> yeah. only yeah but uh, but I right when I got out of the car Doctor D to make that call my son said oh my goodness Daddy's gonna have to marry somebody or read the Bible to him and we're gonna miss our vacation <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live that's and awesome. when I got back in the car yeah. I'm t- that's when I made the decision. Yep. That's what, that I'm not going to allow, you know, people to dictate my life. Yeah. And we started taking longer vacations. It's just a break to, because if, if you're worn slap out, yeah. you can't help anyone. That's right. Uh, if you're always accessible, you're yeah. not good when you are. You and, and, and that was one of those mechanisms yeah. that God uses to say, this is not healthy. Yeah, exactly. What the guilt that you're feeling is not the guilt that I'm laying on you. Right. Right? Yes. Man, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. a good yeah. example. It's really easy for us to identify the poor habits and activities of other people and ignore our own, you know, (laughs) Uh, if we're talking about moderation, if we ever abuse that, um, how come, how come that is that we're often as, as maybe I did, I looked at that pastor, my pastor and said, oh, that's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. Or I look at a person, you, you and I have both had this as pastors because in many people who uh well most churches that are baptist 
uh, frown upon the consumption of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and even some have church covenants that say we never we never had that church covenant, but some church covenants said total and you know avoidance mm-hmm. and no no use of alcohol whatsoever. And I can't tell you the number of times that Marilyn and I walked into restaurants and people were scrambling yeah. either to move their drink in front of somebody right. else or to shove it to the end of the table mm-hmm. or to get the server to carry it off really quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt I re- really felt bad for those folks. Mm-hmm. And on many times I would walk over and say, "Listen." You don't need to impress me with anything. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you be yeah. you, boo. Yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. you to be you, boo. Uh, so, uh, because I, I think you need to deal with your own stuff. Right. You yeah. just need to deal with it. But yeah. maybe they were so accustomed to judging other people based upon their actions. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. want to say that about them. Maybe that wasn't true. Maybe it mm-hmm. was true in some instances. But it's so easy to be critical of other people and their activities. When we just said earlier in this podcast, mm-hmm. it's your decision, man. I mean, if it's not strictly uh, prohibited, mm-hmm. then you need to deal with it on your own right. and say, this is right, this is wrong for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a certain boldness that you got to eventually have and say, hey, you're not going to you're not gonna steal my freedom that I have. I, I'm going to do this. But that's such a gray area, isn't it? It really, you know? really is. And I've had people, too, I walk up to them and I'm in a parking lot, and they're about to catch themselves on fire because they're hiding a cigar yeah, or right. hiding a Marlboro cigarette. I would know? never hide a cigar from you, brother. <laughs> I know <laughs> not you one single brother. time. Yeah, not one time. <laughs> not one time. <laughs> but <laughs> but many because of our position, you know, many do. And yeah. um, but I think one of the reasons, Doc, is you know it's easier to sit in others. We we love ourselves. I mean, yeah. you know, we really really do. And and it's hard for us to take an inward view sometimes sometimes and just see uh, that's why we have to look uh, in the mirror yeah and uh, and be real with ourselves yeah that's right uh, that passage jesus says why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but you do not consider the plank yeah. in your own eye yeah. you know yeah. and uh, in the sermon on the mount he shared that and and i just think uh, you know surely several giggled when when they because it, that's such a vivid illustration it is you know and uh, and I, I love that passage and and a lot of us have planks hanging out of our eyes you know or when they would go how can you let that woman touch your feet yes oh yeah how could you right. allow her in your presence yes type thing. yeah and i you know i was a pastor for a long time mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people you know went through our door and back out the other side again many more with jesus now that sort of thing but i encountered one particular man who was very well respected um and he was so judgmental of other people. I mean, dress, beverages, mm-hmm. activities, what they drove on the park, all these different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And everybody respected him so much. Yet, I had been in counseling with his wife. I knew he was abusive. Mm-hmm. I knew he was abusive. Right, right. Verbally, physically, every way that you could possibly be. Unbelievable. And I just, because it was a counseling situation, I couldn't divulge, divulge anything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it angers me how much of that is going on. It is so easy to divert the attention from yourself by pointing at other people's, mm-hmm. you know, that that speck mm-hmm. in somebody else's eye the yeah. whole time, man. Right. Just because my thing that's going on with me is yeah. not visible, right. then right. I'm not going to admit to it. Yes. I remember I was pastoring in Georgia one time, and um, there was a guy that chewed me out because I allowed my son to watch the Smurfs. 
I mean, he just laid into me. Yeah. And um, and then about a week later, uh, he was found out in a pretty significant sin that ended him in prison. Yeah. He ended up in prison because of it, you know. Yeah. And um, but chewing me out because my son was watching. It's us so work. easy. Isn't it, it is. It is. I, I think. Yeah. I think. Unfortunately, yeah. our profession is one of the greatest that men who stand in the point and point their finger yes. and and really delve in deeply right. into a particular habit, activity, yeah. sin, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times that's what they're guilty of. Yes, uh, without a doubt. Shakespeare said, me thinks you protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So is it possible then to for us, I and mean, we've talked about all the pitfalls, is it possible to have a healthy lifestyle, a healthy balance in this life? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, we're done. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it's difficult. Yeah. It is difficult. Yeah. It, 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 I'd, I'd say because Christ did it, mm-hmm. it is possible. Right, exactly. But I think that he's probably the only one who's achieved that. But, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we lower the bar. No, we strive. We strive for yeah, it. Yeah, we strive. We all fall short. Yes. And I, and I think that the, the closer we get to that, the better persons that we are. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I just want to reiterate that it, there's a fine line there that you have personal responsibility without mm-hmm. losing your freedom. Yes, yeah. And everybody's got to draw that line. As we d- mm-hmm. demonstrated earlier, are you not going to eat meat? Mm-hmm. Are you not going to, you know, go to a movie? Are you not going to drive a new car? Mm-hmm. Are you not? Where? You've got to draw the line somewhere. Right. Each of us is responsible for drawing that line mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. where it's a healthy balance. Right. And, and we're always striving for that. Don't give up on that. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. else you, you'll have a whole lot of unhealthy guilt in your life. Mm-hmm. And you won't get anything good accomplished. I completely, completely agree. You know, you, you know, you know what I want right now, though, more than anything. Uh, Krispy Kreme, <laughs> done that. That's right. <laughs> it, it's okay to have one, but not six. Is that what? This I mean, is I believe about? that if you're like three hundred pounds, six. Six, yeah. six, three hundred. Yeah. I think six would be good for okay. that person. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, you and I, maybe yeah. two or three, two be or fine. Three. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? What I said is, the moment I eat too many, I know it. Yes. Yes. So stop yeah. short of that moment that you know <laughs> that you've eaten too many. And that way you can be happy with yourself, with others, yeah. and go on. And, yeah. and we could apply that to work That's and good. relationships yeah. and everything. Right. Stop short of when you know it's too much. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm going to be on Brandon Road today anyway. Amen, brother. Yeah, Bring so. me one. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's good to talk with you guys. Yep. I hope you enjoyed this subject. I think it's where a lot of people live. Um, and uh, we will hopefully, prayerfully, be with you again <laughs> Next week, if Brother T can find time in his busy I'll schedule. I'll try my best. Say no to something so say you can no. do this. We'll <laughs> talk to you guys no. later. Yep. Bye-bye.